The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you. Dylan Michaels. We'll talk with Matt Dare coming up here in just a second. Do want to give a big shout-out to Google Fiber. The Zone, powered by Google Fiber. Award-winning internet without data caps, annual contracts, or hidden fees. And, uh, look, internet proud to be from Kansas City. And with me cutting the cord, this will be the first year. Well, it was the first football season that I cut the cord to see how it would go with, uh, with the NFL. And let me tell you, it was great. So I have no concerns or issues or worries about uh, the cord being cut for baseball season, for the Rawls uh, being on the uh, on the stream, because uh, Google Fiber, they have been awesome to work with. Internet's so easy to set up, you may never need the award-winning customer service at all. Now available up to 5 gigs, and the 1 gig internet, the same price since 2012. 12 years ago! They priced their one gig internet, which was affordable then. Now it's a steal. It's a freaking steal. Speaking of baseball, it's a steal. Hopefully 50 of them for Bobby Witt. Or 70. Why not 70 for Bobby Witt? Why not 100? All right. Go get yourself 100 bags, Bobby. 913 912 4810. 913 is the uh, uh, Blaine Gabbert for Justin Jefferson, who says no. Matt Derrick is hanging out with us. You wouldn't say no to that, Matt, would you? I I, I was I was just rolling in the car, laughing on the way in. Uh, because when you say, "Who says no?" Who says no? I mean, you hear that every time I I hear that phrase. I always think to myself, the person being offered that would be the one that says no every time. Yes, uh, Matt Derrick, presented by Cap One Lending, Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending, the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time, gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. He's from ChiefsDigest.com, and 41 is the Mike podcast. Um, safe travels, I see. You got back to uh, went to Indy and back, and, and all good. How was your trip there to the Combine? It was long. Uh, I think I was only in Indy for, like, uh, how long? It was it was more than 36 was the, hours. the drive there and back longer than the amount of time you were actually in Indy? I was actually in Indy more. Okay. So I had that going for me and everything. Good for you. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a quick little whirlwind trip and everything. Congrats. We were there for, um, but so much happened <laughs> while I was there yeah. that it felt like, like, man, on Wednesday, as I was getting ready to head out Wednesday night, it was like, man, I feel like MVS got released three days ago. Dude, you are, I and mean, it was so only right. like about six hours. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. <laughs> I mean, MVS getting released and the the report of the tag on Legarius Sneed and the um, the renderings for the stadium, the NFLPA report. Jesse Newell um, and I were were in the <laughs> NFLPA press conference watching that and had. Yeah, the, we, had, we had the renderings on the cell phone in front of us. Uh, could you know had Twitter pulled up and everything, so we were going back and forth. Yeah. So, what do you get out of the uh, the combine? Um, increasingly not that much. Okay. I mean, you know, I I primarily went over there for Andy Reid and Brett Veach because it's an availability that you know we don't really get yeah. uh, very often and we get to you know spend a little bit of time with them obviously they're on a podium for a bit but then we also get to you know a little after that a little bit of them on their own 
So that's that's the biggest benefit to me. Um, the players is it's nice, but you know, I mean, it's a lot of to me, you know, nonsense. It's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot to go through. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what happened to end up, you know, having a player have to admit, you know, talk about, you know, whether or not he believes in birds. I don't know how that question came about. But, but do you? Uh, do I believe in birds? Yeah, I do believe in birds. Okay, well now we've uh, figured that so, one out. Dylan, you believe in birds? Yeah. Okay. I do too. Earth, Earth is round. I believe in space we've, we've, and, and birds. I, I so. believe in all of those May things. May as well. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't so. know. I don't know how the conversation goes. Those topics come up, but it. <laughs> it, it was happens. one guy. It was one guy that kept asking all the uh, prospects the but, same thing. Do you believe in birds? I don't know who. Do you this, think birds are real? Don't know who this person works for. So I, 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 I wasn't exactly eavesdropping because she I'd like was. To, I'd like to hire him. So or this her. Person, this person was on so. a Zoom, loud enough to you know for everybody pretty much in the workroom to hear. So even though the workroom okay. is you know has like. 3,000 reporters in it. Um, but when you're talking that loud, you know, okay. But here's just sums up what I kind of feel like at Combine now and why it, it drives me crazy is because, you know, she's like, well, you know, you know, getting the players and everything on these on these uh, podiums, it's really hard to really get anything good. But, you know, well, maybe on the last day I can just go through and, and ask the players just a bunch of uh, silly TikTok questions. And it was like I just wanted to pound my head. <laughs> I mean, and between that and you know, I was I was in there. I was on the uh, for the presser for for Tyron Hopper, and dude got asked like eight times what teams what if he's met with a specific oh, team. Yeah. Uh, that's the main question. If you're there for yeah. covering a including team, including twice if they had met with the Buccaneers. Yeah, did he meet with the Buccaneers twice? I mean, <laughs> met with the Buc- asked twice, just one. I don't I don't remember if he met with the Buccaneers, but I couldn't care less. But. Right. You know, really, the only if you if you're interested in that, the question to ask and ask it once is, what teams have you formally met with? That's right, because that's the only one that reporters care about. They almost everybody can say that they met with somebody. Yeah, because whether you know you bumped into somebody at the right. combine or anything like this, almost you, almost everybody will meet with every team at some point. I mean, very rarely. I mean, there's occasions where you wouldn't, but really, you know, reporters only care about the formal meetings at the combine. Well, even that, I mean, sometimes the players don't understand what that is and everything, and sometimes they won't answer it, but just ask that. Yeah. You know, what formal meetings, what teams have you formally met with? Nobody else cares about anything else, and nobody cares about your team. So you go up there and you say, hey, you met with the Jaguars. Uh, You just wasted all of our lives. Because I'm I'm now six seconds closer to death. There are plenty of players who never met with the team that drafts them. So exactly. It's, it's really not no, a, it happens all the time. Yeah, it's really not a, a connection. It's not there. a connection. There's there's nothing. I mean, it it gives you a little insight, but the information that we get on you know what teams players are met with and everything mm. you know is just so terrible. I mean, you know, one, it's not usually very accurate, and two, it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, maybe the the best meeting or the most impactful meeting for the Chiefs. Was the two days that they met with the Katz brothers? <laughs> that, would be more, that would be more impactful than anything else. I, I mean, mean, that's the only one I like to be a fly on the wall for. Yeah, I, w- I would. And and they met for a couple of days. Does that tell you anything? That there were a couple of different meetings on different days. That um, obviously it's not going to be something where you walk in and go, "He'll take this." We agree. Handshake. There we go. Strong <laughs> as oak. Let's get out of here. Let's go get some uh, cocktail sauce from St. Elmo's. Okay, let's clear the passage uh, ways there. Um, but they met for a couple of days, and. I would guess I had the same thought last year with Orlando Brown. I would guess they go into this with a better understanding of where the sides are and uh, more realistic expectations of where the sides are 
than last year when they went through all of that, when Chris Jones held out a camp and then missed a game and then decided, I want to return, and let's figure something out. Um, there's, quote, growing optimism that the Chiefs and Chris Jones will get something done from people around the league. Um, do you believe there's growing optimism, or is there the same optimism, and they met with the Katz brothers, and um, and, and you said that uh, maybe they're, they're closer now than, than, than maybe they were a year ago or, or whenever that was? Um, oh, the, I mean, there's been optimism for over a year now. I mean, <laughs> the optimism has never gone away. We're optimistic um, we can get I something guess done. I guess it's technically, you know, risen and fallen at times, the optimism, perhaps. But optimism has been the buzzword around Chris Jones and these negotiations forever now. So I, I almost it almost makes me nervous if anybody says that they're optimistic now because <laughs> it's, it's like day to day. Beat me to it. I was getting ready to say opt, optimistic is about day to day with this organization and and Chris Jones. Yeah. Um, I mean, it to me, it's not going to matter how much. Brett Veach and, and the Katz brothers or Chris Shea or whomever's in the room and talking to the Katz brothers, it doesn't matter how much. What's going to matter is when and if Chris Jones gets in a room with Brett Veach because there's not going to be a deal without Chris Jones at the table. And Chris last year wasn't at the table. He let his agents handle it, didn't get done, goes in, and then you know once he comes to the table after that Lions game, Deal gets done. I feel the same way this time around. I mean, I think Chris Jones has to be in the room because it's ultimately Chris's decision. I mean, you said it earlier. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the ball is in his corner. It's going to be up to him because, you know, if – and I understand it. I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on through Chris's mind, but I get it because, I mean, it's – even though we're talking about numbers that the rest of us couldn't possibly imagine, it's not – we're not all that dissimilar. Yeah. Chris is the exact same. Depending upon who he's with and what he's doing that day and what mood he's in might be changing what is most important to him. It's not just a matter of him saying if because if it was just a matter of him saying, hey, go get me the best deal and I'm not taking anything less than 30 million. He would have sat out last year because he didn't get that. Yeah. So obviously that's not it. And we saw him at the, you know, the, the parade and you saw what he said. You know, hey, I'm going to be here for three years and we're going to win more of these and all this and. You know, I mean, it's going to depend upon, you know, where he is, who he's with, what mood he's in that day. We're all like that. I've got different priorities every day. Yeah. I'll I'll wake up some days and, you know, be around some people. I'm like, hey, I'm really excited about my job. I'm going to go write four stories today. <laughs> and then there's days that I'm just like, I'm going to go hang out with Josh Briscoe. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take that on the way out. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go find out where he is. And, oh, God. You know, I got to do that. Now I, I don't want to write. I got to get away from all this nonsense and find Briscoe. I don't want to write any stories now. I got to no. hang out with that guy. Exactly. Um, so do you think they're closer in terms of coming to an agreement in numbers than they were a year ago, or are they closer to coming to an agreement because Chris Jones may be more inclined to say, I'll just take the best Chiefs offer, rather than thinking I'm going to get this exact number from the Chiefs. I want that number, but I don't want it from another team. I want to stay with the Chiefs. Like, yeah. what's, a, what's a more um, gravitational pull for Chris Jones, the Chiefs or the more money? And that, I think, is the one question that I don't think any of us can answer. I mean, that is truly going to be up to Chris, you know, and what he wants. And, you know, and I never, I, I mean, I certainly got a sense from him, I would say, in the last, you know, month or so of the season 
that there was a little melancholy there. You know, it, I don't think that it was ever because I think he knows that to a degree the decision is his. Yeah. You know, so I never thought that at any point where he was just resigned to the fact that he was leaving. But, you know, you could certainly sense that there was a it seemed like there were times when he was just like you could tell that maybe he was going through something for the mm -hmm. last time or, you know, that, you know, that, it, you know, you, and you could just see that there was a little bit of, you know, hesitance in him and everything about, you know, whether or not this was going to be his last time the Chiefs locker room or last time at Arrowhead or anything of this nature. And, you know, I mean, I, that's a pull. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, I mean, I don't know how you can't get in a, a room with, with Brad Veach and if Brett's going to say, hey, Chris, we're going to try and pay you as much money as we can. It might not be as much as somebody else, mm -hmm. but we're going to pay you as much as we can, and you can do something here. and We can give you something that nobody else can offer you. Yeah. We can offer you the chance to three-peat and put your name down as a legend, you know, and go to the Hall of Fame. And start, and start and, uh, you know, sizing up that gold jacket. Yeah, not going to be any other defensive tackle like you that has ever gone a three-peat, you know. So you're going to be... You'll, you'll be you'll just be a legend. I mean, that, that's a pull. I mean, mm -hmm. so I, I mean, I think I think there's a couple of different ways to look at it. I mean, one obviously is, you know, hey, are they closer than they were last year? I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now, if you want it on a comparison basis, though, if you want to compare it to where they are with Legarius Sneed, are they closer to a deal with Chris Jones than with Legarius? Absolutely. So, I mean, there's another kind of at least barometric. <laughs> <laughs> measurement that you can look at as you know far as where this is and a lot of them i mean a lot of the metrics you look at it are saying okay well this tells you that there's a chance that the deal gets done but there's also a deadline mm -hmm. because if you don't have this deal done by march 11th when that negotiation window opens any team can come in and slide a piece of paper over to the cats brothers with a number on it mm -hmm. and that can change everything you know, this is a total aside, and it has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. This is what right Nick now. Jacobs and I on our podcast called the scenic route. So yeah. go, is, go go down it. It's a, apropos of nothing, you know, they're showing highlights from Jaden Daniels, and and I know there are many different highlights, but I looked up, and the one highlight up there when he's dodging guys and breaking tackles was Mizzou, and I'm like, you know, yeah. I, I kind of feel like they're past that now. I mean, they, they, they've he was he was unbelievable in that game. That's why LSU he won because he had like 600 total yards in that game, and so there are a lot of highlights to show. Single handedly won that game, uh, but there are. A lot of times over the last you know 10 years where you've seen sec draft prospects and it's like uh, look at this amazing run against mizzou that eh, doesn't mean a whole lot jane daniels against mizzou means a lot more you know th this year from uh, from what he did um so it's just totally apropos of nothing i look up and <laughs> there he is breaking tackles and juking guys in a mizzou uniform. glad, my, like, glad ah. my back is to the tv <laughs> you're fine they showed alabama right after it you, you had, know, which, you is had what, a, which is what I always considered Mizzou, the Alabama of the state of Missouri. You, you had a very wistful look on your face, and I wasn't sure it's because you were you were just contemplating what I was saying and was depressed by it, or no. And now I realize never, why why you had that look on your face. Never, never depressed by the things that uh, that you say. Uh, the the uh, the report of uh, Jones wants a contract that'll pay him um, at least thirty million dollars a year. That's where my skepticism of the growing optimism comes in is, well, there's growing optimism, something will get done, specifically because there's probably more optimism that Chris Jones will take less money than a year ago. And and the point you made I thought was interesting of him at the end of the season sort of maybe subconsciously or consciously acknowledging some of the final things that may be happening for him, my final time at Arrowhead or my final time getting dressed here, my final time doing this or coming towards the end of my time and have to at least acknowledge that that's a possibility shows me that is it isn't all a I'll just take the Chiefs best number like he 
I think he has acknowledged, and we'll continue to there is a possibility that he's playing with a different team. And if the Chiefs are offering the same thing they offered last year, which was two years, $55 million, um, then he's probably not taking that at $27.5 million per year. Unless it's fully guaranteed, and then in a couple of years you can go and be a free agent there. If a team's going to offer him four years, $80 million, well then, Chris, do you think you'll get you know, $26 million guaranteed two years from now on a two-year deal? Because they're giving you four for 80. We're giving you two for you know, 55. 54, 55, that's $25 million less than the um, than the $80 million. So you think you'll get at least $25 million in, in two years after that? Then the best strategy would be to take this deal right now and, um, and, and then figure it out in a couple of years from now. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but if he's still searching for $30 million, of course that could be he wants $30 million at least if he's going to sign with another team. Yeah, You know, it's like Alabama doesn't have to cheat. Right, they never had to cheat in the past. Other teams had to cheat to get players away from Alabama. Going to Alabama is just for to go to Alabama. Like Zion Williamson, South Carolina, Clemson, they were going to pay Zion a lot of money, but to go to Duke, it was for the brotherhood. So you don't have, Duke didn't have to cheat to get Zion. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're the only person who would say that, and I, I don't, I know, I'm not sure you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally sarcastic. Um, but another team to steal Chris Jones away from the Chiefs would have to get to 30. Is is what I would, I would guess. I don't think 28 and a half and 27 and a half is going to make a difference. Although that's just annual average value, guaranteed, yeah, and all that I mean, stuff is more is is the bigger deal. I mean, there that's a fair point. I mean, if you're being offered 27 and a half versus 30 million and over three or four years. I mean, up. might not be. I mean, I, I know a lot of fans would probably say it's still enough money. I mean, you can live on yeah. that. But, you know, I mean, that's not what it's about. I mean, it's about players in this league, by and large, view money and their contracts as either a measurement of victory. Yeah. You know, measurement of them against other players. Measurement and it's of a measurement of respect. Yeah. It's well, a measure of yeah. how much does the team respect me. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, if you're talking about measuring it as far as, you know, whether you're the best player and whether you're respected or not, I mean, that changes it. I mean, so that's why, you know, 27 and a half and 30 million are two different numbers. I mean, especially over three or four years. I mean, it does add up. I mean, that's $10 million over four years. So that's real money. I mean, it does make a difference. But if it comes down to 29 and a half versus 30. Yeah. And that would be well, yeah. now, you know. And and it's like the for magic some players, call. it will be the whatever. Could be if it's thirty million dollars and one dollar, I'll take that over thirty million dollars. Yeah, like the Orlando Magic, I think offering Shaq like one fifteen, and the Lakers offered him one twenty. It's like yeah, but he wanted to be a Laker, so yeah, yeah. they offered him more money. But if he wanted to stay a Magic, uh, wanted to be with the Magic over five, six, seven. Once you're over a hundred million dollars, if you're at one fifteen or one twenty. It's essentially choosing between which one, which place you want to play for more. He wanted to be a Laker, so I mean, which is perfectly fine. Um, you know, and Chris Jones, if he wants to be a Chief, then he may take a little bit less money. But the respect thing, I think, is an interesting part, too, of how much uh, you're willing to make. Because Tyreek Hill on his podcast, you know, it said that the Chiefs valued me more as a trade piece than to pay me. You know, and he felt disrespected by that. But... Whether that's legit or not, they valued you to pay you at a certain level, and then when it couldn't get there, yes, then your value comes in a trade piece. They weren't just looking to trade you the whole time. They valued you to a level that they could work within the confines. And also, you know, Chris Jones, they value you almost twice as much if you're looking at just payment 
than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> if you're strictly looking at dollars and cents of the value, you're getting valued at almost twice as much as Travis Kelsey is, according to the Chiefs, and what they're willing to pay you and what they're paying Travis Kelsey right now. There you go. So, I mean, and I know positional, you know. All but that's that stuff, reality but. of it. I mean, you know, the position matters. I mean, that's, yep. it does in this league. I mean, you can't, you can't ignore the market. I mean, the market dictates what what it's gonna what's gonna happen for by and large. So that's the number one factor in it all. But you know, for the teams, and this is where I think it comes in to be interesting, and where it, make, it becomes very very difficult with both Jones and Snead, is that. I mean, this, these are not slam dunk decisions. The, neither one of these yeah. are just, you know, hey, you know, you need to keep this player. You know, you need to do this because especially if you want to repeat, you need both of these players no matter what the cost. Well, no, because we've seen it. I mean, the, the, you know, the Eagles were so good. That's imaginary. That bird is imaginary. There's Jason. a bird flying around out there, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's just looking for a power line to get recharged. Exactly. Well, there you go. <laughs> is that a pigeon or a dove? I'm not sure. I'm not a birdie. But, you know, the Eagles, you know, with Andy in, in, back in the day were, you know, part of their success was driven by their philosophy, you know, never pay anybody after 30. Yeah. You know, so they never did. It would, I mean, you know, the 2006 Eagles wouldn't even think about signing Chris Jones. They just let him walk. And there's a reality to it. I mean, because look at Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald hasn't been the same player last two years. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. injuries, performance. I mean, he's still a really, really good player. But he's not the Aaron Donald that he's being paid to be. He's being paid like old Aaron Donald, and, and he's now old Aaron Donald. And Aaron, and and also difference between Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. The Rams were paying a don't retire tax. I mean, that's just that's just reality of that as well. Yeah. That Aaron Donald was not like, oh, I'm going to sit out. It was like I'm going to retire. Like I've won a Super Bowl. I'm I'm good. I'm. Uh, but they're you know. paying for it because yeah. now you know, even though hey, they they hit on some draft picks. That's great, but. You need you can't be weighed down by yeah. a contract like that, and right now that they are, Chiefs don't want to be weighed down in two years because Chris Jones, you know, has injuries piling up, and all of a sudden you're paying him thirty million dollars, and he's you know giving you the production of a two and a half million dollar. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's one of those things you have to consider. I mean, on, and you look at the bell curve of performances at age and everything. The same thing with Legarius too, because he is. He's in a really unique situation and in a very difficult situation for the player because you look at all of the big contracts that corners have signed, and almost all of them are signed by corners for their second contract at 24-25. Yeah. I mean, Denzel yep. Board, I think, was 24 when he got yep. $72 million. If you think you're going to get $72 million at 27, but Denzel Ward got at 24, you're going to get a rude awakening. Yep. I mean, and and the same thing applies here, you know, and that's why, I mean, I think that the way the Chiefs are playing it as far as with the franchise tag, because right now, I mean, by not by just saying you're going to place it on Legereus, but not actually replacing it on Legereus, they basically created a week-long negotiation window where Legereus can go out and find out what his market value is. Mm-hmm. And if he goes out and finds out, it's kind of like Tyreek. If he goes out and finds out that, hey, there's a team willing to pay him $20 million a year, Legereus needs gone. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, Chiefs will absolutely let him do that, and they'll make their deal and yeah. get the best you know draft that they can. Hope that there's a couple of teams involved so that they can bid up because that's what you have to have. I mean, if it's just one team that wants him, you you getting a late second might be your best possibility. But if you can get you know the Jets and the Falcons yeah. <laughs> bidding against each other, then maybe you can get that bumped up a little bit. Um, but you know. That's the thing. I mean, you look at and there's it's just to me it's just it's just not a slam dunk because there's reasons to sign and reasons not to sign both of these players and both I mean have 
very compelling cases. I mean, I think it's a coin toss on both of them. What's the most likely scenario? We'll take a break after this. What's the most likely scenario in your mind? I gave I gave that out for me. I think it's sign Chris Jones, trade Legereus Need is what I would guess right now is the most likely scenario. Um, agree, disagree? What do you think the most likely scenario with those two? Yeah, I think it's my plurality outcome at this point. It's not over 50 that's, that's going to happen. I think there's just so many different options that are mm-hmm. out there. I mean, because if, let's face it, one of them is that neither one of them signs with the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, that's a t- certainly a possibility. But I'd say, yeah, keeping retaining Chris and, and trading Legarius is probably around 40% for yeah, me. Right. It doesn't have to be 51%. It could be four yeah. different options that are, you know, 30, 30, 30, and 10. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, that was quick math. But I nailed it. <laughs> All right. Voting. All right. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We're hanging out with uh, Matt Derrick, presented by Cap One Lending. He's from Chiefs Digest, and 41 is the Mike podcast. We'll get his thoughts on some of the technology rules changes that are being proposed. Um, renovations at Arrowhead Stadium, renderings, NFLPA, uh, and tampering. Well, less stuff still to get into with Matt Derrick. More zone next. Matt Derrick, our guest. Cap One Lending presents Matt Derrick. I like that Dylan clearly listens to me and Sterling <laughs> when we're causing chaos at night. <laughs> Chiefsdigest.com <laughs> and also 41 is the Mike podcast. I don't get the reference, so what is the reference to this? I apologize. Matt loves power ballads. They rank them. I used to produce nice. at the night times as well. Exactly. And, uh, those are some of the best conversations. I mean, we were, yes, we were arguing. Uh, we were discussing power ballads the other night. I'm on my way back from uh, Indy. So. Good for you. I love that. Love that. And were you rocking some power ballads on your way back from Indy? I was. Do you rock it? Do you sing along with it and just get it rolling? And or are you just sitting back and listening? Oh no, I'll I'll, I'll sing at the Good top of my you. lungs. Absolutely. Good for you. I, yes. Oh, I was. I mean, I was absolutely blaring air supply the other night through yes. Mid Missouri, <laughs> screaming that. at the top of my lungs. Love it. Um, I I took a trip. Um, drove. Uh, I was uh, coming back to visit when I lived in Louisville. Uh, drove the whole way with no radio on. Oh wow! And it was blissful. Wow! It was just—I couldn't do that. So... I need a little distraction at some point. Well, I've been called a sociopath from uh, uh, people that have heard that story. They're like, "Yeah, that's that—that's sociopathic um, behavior." I'm like, "One, uh, y- you're not qualified to to say that." I mean, y- you were in my fraternity, so <laughs> chill out, buddy. Um, and also. You have multiple kids around the house, and sometimes, and and have a job where your ears are getting uh, sound blared into them for four hours a day. That you know what? Every once in a while, it's just open road driving, and just that's relaxing. Although it occurred to me the other night in Indy, because I I was running out of uh, uh, places to plug things at my little work desk in my hotel room, and so I unplugged the TV so I could plug one more thing in. And it occurred to me, I've now, in the month of February, I spent 10 nights in a hotel. And in that those 10 nights, I never once turned on the TV. Interesting, because you got your tablet, right? I got my, I had my, my phone, my yeah. laptop. Yeah. I mean, I was working, working. You know, yeah. there's other stuff going on. Other so that. Yeah. 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 Very good. So I had a few things on my phone that I probably would have, you know, one day, one day had on the TV maybe. But 10 days, never turned on the TV. Power ballads for Matt Derrick and no TV needed in hotel rooms. So there you go. Uh, Matt Derrick is our guest. All right, so the Chiefs uh, put out their renderings and had a press conference on Wednesday while the NFLPA was releasing their survey, and well, we'll talk to you about that here in just a little bit. I love the, the tie-in and the um, the timing of the whole thing and the irony of all of that stuff. But um, the renderings, first of all, what did you uh, what did you see? What did you take away? Uh, what was your initial reaction to seeing the, the renovation project ideas for the Chiefs? 
Um, it was one of those things where from uh, the 30,000-foot view, it looked fine and looked good. You know, nice, nice, clean aesthetic. But then once you kind of flew in closer, it was like, where's the beef? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it was underwhelming. I mean, it was to me. And I, I had a, I had a little bit of, uh, you know, flashback uh, PTSD to my, my corporate world days. <laughs> Um, because I remember, you know, having, you know, putting on, putting on these public events and everything at a particular, uh, cable company whose name does not exist anymore. And, you know, having the activation areas and we're going to activate people and (laughs) having this gigantic activation zone just, you know, brought back the nightmares. Corporate America. like, oh, we're going to activate people. That's where you get your pigeons are going to (laughs) recharge. You got a lot of of power lines around there for these pigeons recharging. Uh, can you just call it like a fan area? Nope. It is no, not a fan an activation area zone because every place is a fan area here. Yeah. That's where we're getting the fans activated yeah, and we're to become to be flipping the on switch on these uh, fans. And uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, this is me just being purely skeptical and and speculative. But I just when I saw the, and heard about the activation zone, I'm like, that's a placeholder. I mean, you know, these these plans are clearly fairly preliminary. I don't think this is a final plan. I mean, especially because, you know, they're talking about, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you're not going to open this thing for at least six and maybe not seven years. Yeah. So there is so much that could change between now and then. And they won't even start the construction until after the World Cup. Um, Yeah, exactly. Until they start even tearing down Kaufman until after the World Cup and things like that. So uh, they've got a um, a few years or whatever. Uh, when I looked at the renderings, I thought, you know, the Chiefs are essentially saying, I mean, what do you want us to do there? Um, because, I mean, Mark Donovan said this isn't really a place that's going to be developed. As he said, yeah, sorry for the I was, honesty. I was surprised it's at that, but not that, a place at that yeah. statement. But so it's, it sounds like they're like, if people want us to put a hotel or bars and restaurants, a shopping center. If that was the case, then that would have been done here already. So are people making a trip specifically here to go to a bar or restaurant as opposed to now what the Royals are doing downtown and now you're competing with also that market and the revitalization of downtown what did you really want us to do here is kind of what I saw with that is essentially a message like if we stay here this is what it's going to look like if we stay here yeah in at Truman Sports Complex. And, and there are elements that absolutely make sense and I would expect to be a part of any plans for Arrowhead. I mean, the kind of, you know, private parking garage and everything mm-hmm. on the on the one side certainly makes sense, you know, it's more more of a secured entrance. That's something that I I see in going to other stadiums around the league and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. is that yes, I mean, that's a bigger part of it. I mean, having secured entrances for the players. Um I don't I mean, right now I don't believe that you can like there might be a one spot maybe for the visitors and everything. I mean, but, you know, getting and getting vehicles into Arrowhead is pretty difficult. Yeah. But whereas, you know, it was just in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl and, you know, and just basically, I mean, less than maybe a football field away from the locker rooms, they're able to bring in the buses. You know, they could park buses underneath the stadium in a secured zone and everything. Um, there's a lot more space to be able to do that. But. You know, I mean, and there's, like I said, there's other things that I could see in the renderings, like just enclosing more of Arrowhead, especially the upper deck, creating mm-hmm. more areas where it is enclosed. There's more protection, you know, especially on those cold days if you need to go back inside. But then that's going to bring the question. I mean, if we put $800 million into it and this isn't an all-weather venue now still, it's like, does that justify the cost? I mean, yeah. that's – and 
And I don't know. I mean, you know, no one's ever said it on the record about whether a roof is truly doable at Arrowhead. They felt it was when they went on the uh, ballot, you know, 15 years well, But even then, there was kind of, years ago. you know, tacit acknowledgement. It was like, thank goodness it didn't pass because mm. nobody knew how to make it work. <laughs> I mean, they had, they had obviously, they had the, the renderings were there in 1972 yeah. or whatever it was, you know, for when they, they built those two stadiums was designed for the rolling roof. And they didn't know how to do it then. But, yeah. Well, I mean, know, I hope that, you know, 40, 50 years later, maybe they have a you know, better the, idea of how to use it. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals have a deal in their stadium deal with the city that says that if... Holog- they can't win a Super Bowl? Well, that too. Okay. If holographic replay is ever invented, they have to buy that for, for, for the Bengals, for their stadium. See, so... <laughs> really, really ahead of the times. Maybe that's the secret. Really maybe, ahead of the times. Maybe they're going to, you know, Chiefs are going to put in some holographic technology yeah. and holog- holographic replay. So, yeah, I was pretty sarcastic yesterday when, you know, hearing back some of the Mark Donovan uh, stuff. And he was like, you know, Clark Hunt and I, when we go around to different stadiums and we were at SoFi, we were at uh, Legion and we're looking around, we're like, man, all the things we that, that are that would just you get jealous. Yeah. You and wish like, you could have like some hot tubs at, on the sidelines there for the for, what the, a, for the big wigs. What a pretty end zone club level suite. Like, what a, a just amazing what that end zone club. I mean, you never looked up at all at the state. It's so fine, Allegiant. Not once as you were looking around. You never looked up and thought, wow, that'd be pretty awesome. And and they're, they're, they're essentially presenting it as in, no, we love the home field advantage of being cold. So you're saying the reason you beat the Dolphins because it was so cold? Is that what you're saying? Because I don't believe that to be the case. But, you know, it's cold, so we've got an advantage with teams coming in. Um, look what happened a few weeks ago. I mean, Chiefs won the Super Bowl because it was so damn cold yeah. against the Dolphins. Without that cold, if if that was a controlled weather, if they had a roof, what's the final, like 28-24 Dolphins? I mean, easily, right? I think it's absurd to say that, well, the, the weather is a huge advantage for us. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I would do this because, you know, by the time the stadium is done, I mean, unfortunately, his career is almost going to be over. Yeah. So don't build this stadium for Mahomes. But, you know, if you were building the stadium for Mahomes, you would put a roof over it because this dude is unbeatable in domes. (laughs) That's a great point. That's a a great point. Uh, Yeah, I mean. He loses more than he should at Arrowhead. But in domes, he's he's fire. Look, uh, the the white turtleneck. Okay, yeah. White turtleneck Patrick Mahomes. Pretty good. Domed. Patrick Mahomes, unbeatable. Yeah. Unbeatable there. So, yeah, that was sort of my uh, takeaway was, I mean, just look up. And I think the the issue and the reason is, well, $800 million, then we only have to put in $300 million. Yeah. If we throw a roof on there for another, you know, billion, now we're looking at $1.8. Well, should we then just build new? And if we build new, we're putting in a whole heck of a lot more than $300 million. And if we're building new, do we want to build new right here? Yeah. Or we get a renovation for $800 million. We had some cool new things. We only have to put in $300 million, And in 25 years, we go get ourselves a new stadium somewhere else. Somewhere else in town. Yeah. Not necessarily somewhere else in a different city where I think Mark Donovan, his first choice is to move to Johnson County. Or, or over by the Legends well, or, or wherever. Uh, move somewhere that they can build an entertainment district and do different things around that, that they can control the revenue with those things. Whereas we stay here at the uh, Truman Sports Complex, we'll get you activated. You get an activation zone. I am going to I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. I know. I'm going, I'm going to do something very, very imaginary bird-like. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat. Okay. I'm going to do it. 
at, at the risk of just drawing the ire of, of everyone, you know, at One what, Royals Way and, and whatever. One Arrowhead Drive, yeah. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat here and say, I see, honestly, two deals in front of me, and I don't live in Jackson County, so I'm not going to endorse one way or the other. I mean, it's not my, my place. I can't vote on it, so I'm not going to tell you how to vote or anything. I'm not even sure how I would vote right now if I, yeah. I were able to vote on that. I'm seeing two plans to me that honestly look like this is designed to fail. Because I look at the site that the Royals have chosen, and I'm like, wait a minute. You have a almost ready-to-shovel site in the East Village that you and your ownership group have almost complete control over, and the city of Kansas City have complete control over. You have another site in North Kansas City that, you know, one of your business colleagues has almost complete control over. And you've chosen a site that has like 20 different owners, including some people who would have to be displaced to go there. And now that they know that's where you're planning to go, and if this tax approves, can pretty much just hold you up yeah. for money. I mean, we'll take double the value of whatever it is, then, or triple, then, whatever. And then she's come up with a plan that honestly looks very cookie cutter and very nonspecific without a lot of answers and a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff for the big wigs, but nothing else. And there's one other thing that's missing from all of this in that almost every stadium now that is one being designed and built um, that is in such a state has it available to them has gambling aspects incorporated into it even stadiums existing stadiums you yeah know, are incorporating gambling as much as they possibly can in areas where they can and in missouri these teams can't do it but a couple of miles over the state line they could and that's why it just almost to a degree from a business standpoint and the way that the sports world is right now building a stadium without if you have the ability to access gambling interest activate and activate gambling yeah. in your stadium and you're not doing it you're just absolutely throwing money away so that raises the question to me i mean is is is, is there a grand plan here that one that the royals and chiefs are trying to hammer missouri to say get gambling passed or you know we're out of here because i think these plans would absolutely look totally different if they were on the kansas side right now uh i believe the question i asked off the air we never got to it yesterday with uh, josh briscoe because he was in the middle of quitting um <laughs> the uh, the question that i asked uh josh and uh and dylan was um, with the renovation. I said, you know, the renovations, what they look like, like there's a part of me that goes, do the Chiefs want this to pass? Like, do maybe the Royals, the, the Royals is a step that I hadn't looked at because uh, the Royals are the ones that are sort of forcing this whole thing of like, let's do it now. And the Chiefs have said, like, we don't have a sense of urgency. Like, we and the, the Royals Chiefs don't. I mean, no, they don't. And that's where I'm like, do the Chiefs want this to pass? Or Mark Donovan wants to build new somewhere. Okay. And and after Mark Donovan sort of made it clear that, you know, building new or going somewhere else, and then Clark Hunt was asked about it, and then Clark Hunt was like, whoa, whoa, whoa no, my dad loves Arrowhead. We want to renovate. Our first choice is to renovate. You know, uh, not sure where that came from. You know, no, I think they want to build new somewhere and incorporate um, a brick-and-mortar uh, book and and other restaurants or whatever around that they can then control the revenue of, and there's an added stream of revenue coming in. And right now in Missouri, that area they're not willing to develop because they don't find it viable from a business standpoint to invest in it. And right now they can't put a book there. They can't put a sports book, a, a brick-and-mortar sports book there, which no. would also offer. Can't even put kiosk in there. <laughs> that's right, which would also offer um, a, a, a hotel, you know, 
uh, or, uh, restaurants that'd be there that, hey, you can go there and enjoy some restaurants and go to the sports book. And on game days with Arrowhead, you can go over there and play some bets or whatever. You can, you know, they can make it a geofence if they want to. That I don't think that would be smart, but they can make it a geofence to where on the premises is when you can make the bets, you know, even online on your phone. Uh, they would be eliminating a lot of money they can make. Um, by uh, by doing that, it wouldn't be smart. Uh, but if they want to just specifically drive, if they want to specifically activate people to the area, uh, then then maybe that's a, a something they can do to then you know get into the other businesses that they may own or have a partnership in. Because right now they can't be involved in the gambling on the Missouri side, and they've already said this ain't a place that we're going to invest money in to develop because nobody else has been able to. I mean, and that is that's one of the things. I mean, is that to I guess I mean to a degree when the Jackson County Sports Complex was built, I mean there was a build it and they will come aspect to it, but yeah. it was it wasn't that really because you know the build it and they will come is you know you build something that people will come to and they will come to it. That's not what the sports complex was. Sports complex was built with the idea of you build it and more development will go around. That's right. I mean, if you build it, the businesses around will come, and, and that, I mean, that that area will be will be booming. I mean, there is not there are not enough people who live in Foxborough, Massachusetts, to support the development that goes around and went around the Patriot Stadium, Gillette Stadium. I mean, they've got a, like a mall attached to it. There's a there's a hospital attached to it. There's a hotel attached to it. I mean, there's all the shopping and restaurants that are attached to it. There are not enough people. Foxborough is just like you know, a, a little town almost. I mean, like it seems like. What forty miles or forty minutes away from Boston? I mean, it's in the suburbs. I mean, to me, you know, Foxborough was like kind of like if the Chiefs decide to build a stadium in Odessa. I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's out there quite a ways, and maybe Gardner, you know. But the concept was, you know, it wasn't that you build a stadium and it'll come. The concept was, hey, build the stadium, put the mall in, all of this, and people will come. I mean, that's what the, 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 if 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 the if the Chiefs want to do that, I mean, that's what they'll have to do. I mean, it's not going to be counting on somebody else coming in and building it. It would have to be the Hunt family that would say, "Okay, we're going to build the stadium, but we're also going to put a mall over here. We're going to have mm-hmm. the restaurants. We have the water slides. We'll have the the sports book. We're gonna we'll we'll build all that." But right now, don't have any indication that's going to happen. In Foxborough, though, the. The hospital is set up for all the hurt feelings of Patriots fans now that Mahomes and Kelsey are better than their prodigal sons. Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest 41 is the Mike podcast, presented by, uh, presented by Cap One Lending. Why? Because he's the man. That's presented why. Uh, Matt Derrick joins us. What did you make of the uh, NFLPA survey for the uh, Chiefs that uh, Clark Hunt got an F minus? I didn't even realize those were grades, but an F minus, the 32nd owner. Uh, by the way, this is the first, uh, second year they've done it. First year they've included a head coach and an owner as being voted upon. Um, your reaction to the, uh, in general, I guess, overall uh, survey that came out? Yeah, I mean, overall, not terribly surprised with the Chiefs' grades because it's not, I mean, it was just, it was a little worse than they were last year. Last night, the year they were 29th. This year, they're 31st. <laughs> they moved up. Uh, so I moved down. Moved sorry. down. Moved down not, yeah. You know, just two spots. So, hey. Yeah, so that's not bad. Um, Win a Super Bowl, slide down two spots. What do you I mean? Yeah. Well. I mean, not terribly surprised because a lot, of the, a lot of the same things the players complained about last year are still the case. They still have the same kind of rundown weight room. They still have the same rundown locker room. Um, they haven't added new physical therapists. They haven't added, you know, new nutrition programs or anything of that nature. So a lot of things that that survey measures – um, haven't made any changes on, and yeah. 
And there's only one question. That's that. That's the one thing to take the ownership rating with a grain of salt because there was literally only one question used to evaluate that, and that was you know your perception of the ownership's willingness to invest in facilities. Yep. And that's the one question that comes up as the NFLPA you know pointed out right after Chiefs won a Super Bowl last year and didn't follow through on the commitment to improve the and remodel the locker room because they said they didn't have time because the season went too long. So And they got an F on locker room this year. They got an F on locker room this year because same thing. From so D minus was, to F. Yeah. And they and they brought in chairs with backs on it. So, you know, I've I've seen the headlines and seen the characterization that hey, the Chiefs players say the Chiefs are the worst organization in the league and Clark Hunt's the worst owner in the league. Those are just sensationalized over the top yeah. headlines. That's not what the survey said. Well and and, and survey says uh, the the survey also like last year with treatment of families they were they finished twelfth this year they were eighteenth last year the complaint was that they were one of eleven teams without a daycare they added a daycare now the complaint is that the daycare is off site it's across the street yeah and they dropped from twelfth to eighteenth by adding a daycare just not as convenient as they wanted it to so it just depends on who's also voting yes uh, in these uh, particular things so. Um, yeah, I uh, I agree with that part. Got to keep up with the Joneses, though. Yeah, the nutritionists, the training staff, all of that stuff, that should be alleviated. That That's more important to me. Always important to me, Matt. Thank you, sir. Thank you. More so next.